Welcome to the Preserve Your Past podcast, where we'll explore all things related to the creative process of writing your stories for future generations. I'm your host, Melissa Ann Kitchen, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I believe that your personal history is a priceless gift for family, friends, and generations to come. Whether you consider yourself a writer or not, we are discussing the topics that help with every step of the process, like how to mine for the juiciest story ideas or how to refine them into polished final drafts you'll be proud to share. Let's face it, sure your stories can be overwhelming, but I've got you covered. We all have a lifetime of memories to share, so why not save yours to pass along? Let me help you leave your lasting legacy. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today is going to be a little different format to our episode, and I think it's going to be fun. We're currently recording this in July, and I am just returning from a really amazing week-long camping trip up to the coast of Maine. And that trip was special to me because we grew up going to Maine with family uh, as children all the way as long as I can remember. Um, My great-grandparents actually owned a cottage in Ocean Point, Maine, near Booth Bay Harbor that is still in the family. And so for me, living on Cape Cod, leaving the busyness of all of the um, summer hubbub, (laughs) all of the visitors, and heading up to the cooler coast of Maine was always a treat. And we used to pack into the family cottage, several generations and several families. It would be all of my cousins, my aunt and uncles, my grandparents. Sometimes it would be so full that my brother and I would be sleeping on the beds that were out on the porch. Sometimes we'd all overlap and there was a time when we were camping in the back of our station wagon for a night or two while we all were there with everyone together. But those are some of my favorite, favorite, favorite memories. And so being up on the coast of Maine in our camper uh, brought back some of those childhood memories and was really special. And so this week for the podcast, I decided to share a chapter from my book, Bridging Your Past and Future, a sample chapter that is called The Little Things. And in this chapter, I look back at some of the the small stories, some of the little stories that I am hit by most personally, right? When we look back on stories, sometimes we think that the stories that are most important to us are the big grand stories. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But honestly, sometimes when you really take the time to think back, even whether it's doing a timeline or looking at it by age and, and, and brainstorming stories, oftentimes it's going to be the little things. So I'm going to share some of that and then I will even get into, um, after I kind of set up the chapter, I'm going to get into sharing Um, a reading of the chapter for what I found to be one of my um, little things. 
So to set up the book, the book is called Bridging Your Past and Future, like I mentioned, but it is actually um, the top 10 items to include when documenting your personal history. So I wrote this book with the idea of 10 chapters that are 10 items that will help you when you are writing your stories. And I'm going to give you, as an introduction to the podcast, some of the chapters so you can understand where um, what I'm saying today kind of falls into it and understand better what I'm talking about when I say the things you should include. Because I, I added ways that you can make your story stronger or make them more impactful to the reader, uh, ways to make them more uh, exciting, enjoyable, but also special and, like I said, impactful. So one of the chapters is called Legends Shared, and that's about sharing stories that you may not even have lived yourself, but they're the legends that were shared with you and passing those along. Those are important. That's something to include, right? Top 10 items to include when documenting your personal history. Um, There's In Your Own Words and Voice, which is all about using your words, your phrases, your language, so that when people are reading those stories, they feel like they're coming from your mouth. Uh, Another one is sensory memories, trying to add scents and smells and things like that into your stories. Another one is called locations, 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 because we all want to know where things happen. And it's really special when you can actually do a trip and actually touch something that maybe your ancestors were at if you have the address, right? The next one is be timely. Add things into your stories that will make them feel like you're in the past with those stories. And number six was lessons learned, not just sharing uh, easy things, but also what are some lessons that you learned from people along the way. The seventh is touchstones using real objects as story starters and similar to the location 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 how cool when you have something that was handed down that prompts a story and you can still have that touchstone and number eight is the chapter we're going to talk about today and that is called the little things and i'll describe that but that's basically not just thinking about the grand stories, but simple stories, simple details that maybe no one else will think about. Number nine is celebrating the challenges, not just sharing the positives. And number 10 is knowing your audience so that when you are writing, you are writing to that specific audience, whether it's your children, whether it's a specific family member or friend. So I'm not going to get into the specifics of the book. The book is for sale on Amazon. Again, it's bridging your past and future, the top 10 items to include when documenting your personal history. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's also, uh, there's a link from my website, melissaandkitchen.com. You'll see a link on the book tab um, that will take you to that also. But today's episode is on chapter eight, which is the little things. And so when I look back on my stories of my own childhood that are most special or memorable, I am often surprised to find that the first things that come to mind are the simple stories. Stories of dinners at the beach in the summertime when my dad got out of work. After a hot day, we'd be home, we'd be 
running around and my dad would be at work and we would often wait for him to get home, pack up a lunch or dinner, I should say, and we'd go to the beach and sit on our blankets and eat our dinner together. Or the fact that we used to have hot dogs and beans every Saturday night at my grandmother's house and I can picture and taste the fresh cut garden cucumbers and tomatoes in the summertime with a little salt and some mayo on the side. But when you're beginning to write your stories, you might be feeling pressure to only tell those big grand stories. And it's so easy to think that you should only share the big milestones, the important events, the, that, that no one really wants to hear about the day to day. But as someone who's lost those stories of her parents, I'm telling you that those stories of the day to day are the ones that we crave. Those are the ones that make us remember that the person was a human being living a real life. And so I challenge you today to think small. And remember that the little things can sometimes be the most profound things. And I believe that these little things that connect us even connect us more strongly to the past than the big things. So a broad story gets the point across, right, and can and can teach a lesson, but it's the little things that will show beyond a shadow of a doubt that the story was real and that a life was real. So as you journal or write your memories, think about whether there are simple, minute details that will add to the impact of your story. Maybe something small that no one else would know, almost like your own personal Easter eggs that you could sprinkle into your stories. You know, the Easter eggs that when you're reading a book or playing a game, you're looking for those little treats um, that surprise you. But something small might be in there or the story might be something that's very simple and maybe something small that shifted everything else or something small that will help your family to believe and know that these are your words coming from your heart. Sprinkling your writing with the little things of life will help your stories be more authentic and feel more like a real life lived and not just a fantasy. So in my book, I write about the topic. So that beginning part was very similar to my introduction on the topic of why you should think about adding the little things. But the thing I really enjoyed adding to my book was examples of my own writing, of my own stories, to show how I am exemplifying the topic each chapter. So for the topic of the little things, I would like to share with you now a story that's a personal story of my mom. And it's an example of using the little things to remember my mom and to share a story that I remember um, happening from when I was a child. And I like sharing this today, and this is part of what um, prompted me to do this, was that it's a summer story. It's a beach story. Um, We grew up on Cape Cod, and at a time when... We were really blessed that we had a wonderful neighborhood full of children, and it was a time when a lot of the moms 
were stay-at-home moms or worked part-time. And I was really blessed that my mom would take us on these daily adventures to the beach. Um, this summertime, we did not have air conditioning back then. <laughs> um, and we would often escape during the day just to get you know out of the neighborhood, out of the house, and be able to... Um, to be in the fresh air. And I think it, it meant a lot to my mom and, and her friends to be able to kind of often, they'd sit with their beach chairs together, aligned on the beach while we were all running around. But this is a particular story um, that is from a day where we went to a very tiny beach called Windmill Beach. And it's going to be um, about an incident that happened at the beach. So let me get right right into it. Let's get started. And then at the end, we'll kind of talk about uh, why, how that exemplified using the little things. And then I'm going to share some questions to help prompt you to use this while writing your own stories. So here we are. My example of using the little things from my book, Bridging Your Past and Future, the top 10 items to include when documenting your personal history. When I miss my mom the most and need a physical reminder that she existed, there are two places I can go. The first and most obvious is her quote unquote footprint. What my boys call the plaque with her name and year of her birth and death that is embedded in the ground of our childhood church's memorial garden. But there's another location, conveniently located close by that church, for my occasional feel-my-mom pilgrimages. This second spot is a small beach near where I grew up called Windmill Beach. While the windmill was still there when we used to visit the beach as a child, it's actually the wooden split-rail fence that separates the small standy parking area from a nearby home that brings back memories of my mom. Seeing this fence all of these years later still makes me chuckle as I remember the day we were leaving the beach after an evening dinner picnic. While packing the car out of our parking space, my mom accidentally bumped the fence, knocking out a section of the crossbar. If you are someone who loves the thought of collecting memories, of preserving your past, whether it's through writing stories, whether it's through conversations, whether it's through any kind of project that can help you to preserve those details of your past and the stories that get passed along through the generations, then I have the place for you. I would love to see you join me over at Preserve Your Past, Share Your Stories, my free Facebook group where you can join like-minded people to help you get your stories down on paper for future generations. Now, this group is for people who are in the process of collecting their stories, whether you are writing down your personal stories to preserve your past or collecting the memories and you just want to work through remembering loved ones and making sure that those details that you had, the experiences that you shared with them are never lost, this is the place to be. 
we talk about everything to do with preserving those memories and preserving your past. And weekly, we have a live event where I do a mini lesson or a conversation that is live in our Facebook group. Daily, you'll get some prompts, some quotes, and on top of it all, you'll have a community where you can share your favorite memories, ask questions on how to work through preserving those, and just be with like-minded people. So again, join me over at Preserve Your Past, write your stories. You'll find the link for the community in the show notes to this podcast, and I can't wait to see you over there. Come join us. She was horrified. Yet no matter how horrified, she was always able to go with the flow and make light of her mistakes. I remember at this time, all of us hopping out of the car as she parked the car to assess the damage. We were able to lift the wooden beam back into place with very little noticeable damage and leave the area without attention from others. And to this day, I see that fence and remember how good my mom was at not taking things too seriously. Even something as simple as a fence can serve as proof of my mom's life on earth. So, do you see how little things that seem so unimportant can go a long way to making a story more powerful and meaningful? I talk about the idea that this footprint, her her marker, and my kids call it a footprint, it's an oval plaque in the ground. And when I would bring my boys to go visit my mom, that was what they called it because it was on the ground like a footprint. And we would have to go and look for um, Grandma Bubba's footprint um, and be able to find it, you know, in the lawn at the garden. And so that is common that we all have these memorials, right? Whether it's a cemetery or some other way of commemorating a person who's passed. But Oftentimes, it's those other little things that are items that that bring us closer to that person, right? That bring us closer to the story. And so when I go to the church, right after I go and visit her at the church, I often will take this ride in Bass River and go to Windmill Beach (laughs) and just park there and look out at the water But just looking at this fence that's still there is a way that reminds me so much of her personality. And it's it literally does make me chuckle. And it's just so magical to be able to touch something that meant that story that that brought back her essence of her zaniness and her imperfection and her humor and sometimes frustration. Like I say that she would go in the flow. It wasn't always easy. Um, She didn't always do it smoothly, but she always did it. She was always able to get through those challenges. And and there was a lot of challenges sometimes. Um, So it's, it's seeing that fence, right? It's seeing that post that's still there, that's still physically available to touch and to look at that, that brings back and anchors me in that memory And that memory, while it was such a silly, basic memory, is something that can just bring back so much of her personality. 
It wasn't, you know, a special occasion that I was remembering. It wasn't uh, somebody's wedding or a birth or, you know, some big lesson. Um, it was one of an every day in our, <laughs> in our life. But it was something that really, for some reason, just stuck with me. And I think it was, as a child, I think really the lesson for me was, you know, it was broken. It was embarrassing. It was like, oh, no, dangerous, like, feel bad that we did this to this person's fence. Like, you know, that that child, I was the one who was the rule follower. And, and so, you know, the worry and the fear of, oh, no, we broke something. And that overwhelm of that and then seeing my mom be able to like go through that feeling of oh crap (laughs) but then also what can we do to fix it and not to worry we've got this and then to model that for all of us um that was really I think the I think that's why it sticks with me the most and I am pretty certain this is one of the first times I've choked up this much on my podcast but Getting to the story, it's a special one, even though it's a very simple one. But she was that kind of person to everyone. She could take the, the craziness, the, um, the, the day-to-day life. Um, her magic power was to make it special and um, to make it work when things weren't working. She always figured out a way to make it work. And while she was horrified and embarrassed, she still figured out a way Um, to make it work and that's been a lesson that I've always tried to take into my life I've tried to do that as a mom as a wife uh, as a teacher as a friend Uh, it's easier for me to do sometimes with other people (laughs) but I try to do it for myself also that you know it's not bumping into the fence breaking the fence is not the worst thing but we can let's fix it how can we do this and and put it back better than it was um So again, I want you to look at how you have those small stories and and the little things you can add to maybe even the bigger stories. So when I'm beginning to think of my stories, I try to think of little details that might get overlooked in a rush to tell the story. So I often will, finding the little things might mean finding a little story, right? Like I did a simple thing, but it also might be going to my story and thinking of what are the little things within the story that I can add, the detail that if I rushed to tell it, I might have missed something really important. I often will go back to a story draft and then add little things that I think would be meaningful for my audience. And I talk a lot, you've heard me say this a lot, thinking about your audience. Who are you writing for? Because that's where you're going to add the gifts that are going to be for them, that are like those little Easter eggs that they'll be able to find when they're looking for you each time they're reading the story. So thank you so much for today and allowing me to share Uh, my little things (laughs) and I um, welcome you to go and either um, look at the book on Amazon or you can um, see this again in print on my blog and my blog is at melissaandkitchen.com blog and this one is called Bridging Your Past and Future Sample Chapter The Little Things. It's September 12th, 2022. Um, 
blog and I would love to hear from you what some of your little things are. Again, I invite you each week to send me an email at melissa at melissaannkitchen.com. I love to receive mail, whether it's a question that we can break down in the podcast or whether it's you sharing how you learned something, whatever it is, the feedback that you can tell me of how this impacted you or how you might have used it in a story. You can always tag me or direct message me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, My handle on both of those is at Melissa Loves History. And again, I so appreciate you for listening. Please leave a review and share this with your friends. That's how we become visible to listeners who are working on preserving their past. Wasn't that a fun episode? I enjoyed our conversation so much. And if you would like to continue our conversation, be sure to follow this podcast and share with friends. This helps share the mission of preserving the past with stories. Want more tips, tools, and inspiration? Head over to melissaannkitchen.com. And as always, let's get writing your powerful personal stories.